0: Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show, bringing the player
1: interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Streaming live on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 53. Nick, you know, I'm going to say it. I can't believe we're at episode 53. It's unreal. Nick, I had my yep. bowl of cereal before this episode. Uh, it was underrated. You reminded me about it last mm-hmm. week. Did you have your bowl of cereal mm-hmm. today? Last night, what'd
2: you have? I, I actually did not. Um, today, I actually went out grocery shopping, so I went and got some legitimate food. I did, I did buy more cereal, and I bought some milk. So I honestly, probably after this podcast, I'm going to go back and probably have that before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It is underrated. Yeah. Everybody out there, we didn't. I love it. We, yeah. we didn't plan this as
1: a topic. Go ahead and comment your favorite cereal ever. If, even if it was a childhood cereal. I just had Honey Nut Cheerios. That's kind of a classic. Ooh, kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good.
2: No, oh, absolutely.
1: All right, uh, Nick, I think it's worth shouting out to everybody. Like, we've had multiple messages mm-hmm. uh, talking about European players and like, hey, we've got a disc golf scene going on over here. And so yeah. I, I, I want to give the opportunity right now overseas. Go ahead and give a roar for the Europeans. They're doing awesome things. Uh, Nick, they are. what's our plan? What's our plan here at the Nick and Mash show?
2: So I've been in talks with Kristen Tatar over the last few weeks, trying to get her on the show. Um, it's really just figuring out the exact best timing. We're trying to even potentially just do another pre-recorded episode or pre-recorded interview and throw it up on a Monday night. We're working on it, and then there's some other European players and that I would love to get in contact with, or we're trying to work something out right now. It's just it's usually a timing issue. But believe me, we are pushing to get it. We know we do need to do it, and especially now that there are some European players and some Estonians coming over, and they're kicking butt right now. You know, they're playing great, and Kristen obviously just had an incredible performance at DGLO. So we are working to get them, and when we do, we'll be just as excited as everyone else.
1: <laughs> That's right, just as excited as everyone else. Um, two quick, pretty kind of cool news, news events of this week. Whether or not you think blasting to outer space as a billionaire is a big deal, I don't know. I saw a really funny meme the other day. It said something like, maybe UFOs are billionaires from other planets. From other planets? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, coming to that. see us. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But, but either no matter what you think, how cool is it, Grip6Belt, who has been a sponsor mm-hmm. of Disc Golf for quite a while, they woke mm-hmm. up the morning that Jeff Bezos and his crew flew to outer space and they put on grip six belts
2: and grip six is like wow like that's so cool yeah. so their belts have been down of space now i did see that it was like a sponsored ad on facebook so that was pretty cool to see i guess i didn't realize how big grip six actually is um because a couple years ago they're obviously sponsoring some disc golfers and had players and everything like that and then they actually got outside of sponsoring players i think this year And now, like, they were one of the main sponsors for the PDGA World Championships. But I think they've kind of stepped aside from the player sponsorship aspect. But it is cool to see how big they have become. And obviously, I mean, their belts have been in outer space now. So that's pretty sweet. (laughs) Belts in outer space. Totally
1: interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, another article of clothing, a shoe. Uh, This is Mm -hmm. not a free ad space placement, but it's pretty cool for the disc golf world idio sports or idio sports however you might say it probably idio um you gotta pay us if you want us to say it right (laughs) idio um idio sports check it out there's a kickstarter everyone in the disc golf world's been supporting them i think it'd be cool i actually went over there and did support the kickstarter i would like to see how that shoe turns out nate sexton's a big (laughs) supporter of it
2: nick do you have a disc golf shoe that you like the best uh, right now, I just have a couple of pairs of the Adidas uh, Terex ones that I really enjoy, and then I've actually during like certain certain rounds in the summertime, I wear a pair of running sneakers that I've been enjoying lately. So I don't I don't necessarily have a favorite pair, but I have ones that work better than others, obviously. But I did see Nate Sexton wearing these when he was here in Virginia for a clinic. They actually had his logo on it, so I thought that was pretty sweet because I think they sponsor him. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see what people's thoughts are on an actual. Shoe that is potentially designed for disc golf specifically. So I mean, if it works great, then I'm definitely going to try out a pair.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think Simon, not Simon. Hey, shout out, Simon. <laughs> I think um yeah. Sexton said, Hey man, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure if this all works out, like this will be my shoe of choice. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving into our weekend recap, right before I get to it, cool shout out to one of our super fans, Cody Intervald, playing Am4. I don't remember how the PDGA qualifies as a novice or record. I think it's novice took second place. Everybody out at D glow Amside. Uh, one of our super fans. Congrats to him. All right. Nick mm-hmm. at D glow discraft. Great lakes open. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got to catch any of it live,
2: but I did not actually. Okay. I caught, oh, I, <laughs> ca- I caught a little bit live, but I really did not actually get to catch that much of
1: it. It was very awesome. And I was thinking to myself how cool it is that the Disc Golf Pro Tour makes or the Disc Golf Network makes the final round free, public, through YouTube. It's Mm -hmm. honestly made me be like, man, I could probably get away with just watching the final round and I wouldn't have to support Disc Golf Network. But you know what? All the content every day was amazing.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Normally, I do watch it pretty religiously in the sense of like when it starts, I try to watch it whether I'm doing something or not. But this weekend, just things got so busy at a tournament I was kind of preparing for and some other stuff. So I didn't really get a chance to watch it. I was kind of bummed out about that. But yeah, being able to watch it live the last day free to everyone is pretty sweet. I'm glad the Disc Golf Network does that to go live on YouTube the final day. And then also I do kind of I miss that separate stream that they did for the, like, the world championships. I kind of oh, like that yeah. two separate streams. That that was like the best of both worlds. You could catch all the action from both of them, but I see what they're doing and I can't fault them for that. They're obviously doing things well.
1: I I, said, one, I 100% agree. I actually found myself thinking that. like Here's actually the thoughts I have, and then we're going to do the recap here, how it actually played out. My thoughts were so close to what you're saying. I was like, I think it was towards the beginning of the year. I said, I find it hard sometimes to be engaged or excited about watching FPO and I'm not quite sure if it's because the amount of competition like at the top wasn't as great and parody filled, but that's out the window. I am compelled to watch FPO now. It's, it's (laughs) incredible. What has even happened to that division? It's exciting. It is. If you're not watching FPO, get out there literally watch it live i don't think i've been more entertained by a round of disc golf and i don't need to qualify that mpo fpo in a long time to me Mm -hmm. it it was exciting like just as exciting this event as mpo if not more because it doesn't happen every single round. Kristen tatar hitting the putt i think it was hole 17. 17 yeah I watched it live and I was like, I'm running around, like asking myself, like, did you see that? Did you see like it mm-hmm. was epic, Nick? So let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's talk about it. let's start with FPO. Nick, how did it play out in the FPO field there?
2: In the FPO field, we had obviously Kristen Tatar winning the event. And I keep saying the word that I was told not to say anymore. So I'm going to stop saying it. I cannot say obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so and everything like uh, that. Kristen Tatar, yeah, exactly. So Kristen Tatar won it. Paige Pierce, one stroke back in second place. And then Katrina Allen, nine strokes back, finishing 11 under par in third place. Uh, some kind of cool things going along with really quick. Kristen Tatar's UDisc rank in the world is fourth right now. She was able to put up her, uh, let's see, the highest round rating of the tournament at 1014 in the final round. And that's just talking about playing pretty clutch, obviously. Her event rating for the re- tournament was 996. 29 points above her rating and then one of the great things is the four thousand dollars that she was able to win is the highest cash payout so far of her career so i think that's pretty Ooh. awesome and then obviously we got some more stats matt i'll let you get onto those is that
1: the biggest win of her career or the most meaningful you definitely saw tears in her eyes so, as she had her post round interview saying like
2: yeah it means well, a lot 20- to me. Yeah, 2019 U.S. Women's DGC. She obviously won that here in Virginia, actually. Um, so that that was a major. That's obviously an incredible win. But I think there is that big kind of like chip on her shoulder to where she is literally representing all of Europe and all the you know players across the pond. She's the only FPO player that right now is overseas here playing in the United States. So I think this is massive for her. Um, do I equate it to her winning a major. I'm not really sure yet. I guess we'll kind of figure that out more in her player interviews and everything like that, that she'll obviously have scheduled. Um, but yeah, this definitely, if, if it's not the biggest, then it's definitely the second biggest is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, it is uh significant regardless. Um, Mm -hmm. the full field was there and she did it. Um, and just before I think she's playing preserve just before the preserve, and then she's going back overseas, I think, to play the European mm-hmm. Championship. Um, and then they said they're hoping to come back for fall. I don't know if that means, like, MVP on kind of thing, or anyways, that'll be cool. I, I want them to come back.
2: Yeah, that'd be and, awesome.
1: And, and quite frankly, I'd like the European side to open back up fully for United States to travel there as well. Mm-hmm. That, all of that's mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, Paige yeah. Pierce, just honestly, and she knows this, I'm sure, she coughed it up on hole 17. Kristen hit a massive i say massive what is it 50 feet something like that uphill
4: mm-hmm.
1: significant Uphil. significant like a really impressive like almost can't believe she did it tight putt and then Paige from about what 25 maybe 30 i don't know somewhere right around there yeah,
2: it it did look like it was circle one
1: hit it hit it a little high left and it fell out and you could see she knew because nobody's been birdieing um, hole 18 out in the FPO mm-hmm. she knew it was pretty much over because unless Kristen mm-hmm. totally botches hole 18 so again congratulations um I don't want to focus too much on this but it's worth noting and we'll probably talk a little bit later about this is Haley King coming into the year as a huge name winning some significant events not a I, I don't bring up players to be like now they're performing bad but she's not performing bad but she's not performing i guarantee it at the level that she's wanting to do so no definitely not um but she still shot over a thousand rated round and that Mm -hmm. just tells us that she's not falling off she's doing okay for herself
2: yeah, exactly. Right now she's, you know, she'll either put up a hot round or she'll kind of have a lackluster one. I was looking at her scorecard here and there, and there was just too many, I think, little simple mistakes she was making where she would go like birdie, bogey, birdie, birdie, bogey, bogey, birdie, bogey, par. And it was just like kind of the stats were all over the place. And so I think when she dials in that consistency, she's obviously an incredible player and she's obviously doing great this year in the sport itself. Um, so she'll 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 bring it back. Yeah. Uh All I can say is I think that
1: is where there's nine different FPO winners as far as disc golf pro tour elite series and silver series go nine. Yeah. And now Kristen has won a silver series as well as a, an elite series. And then she's going to leave and everyone's going to go. Okay. But you know, what's crazy page Pierce now has not won three in a row worlds. um, Des Moines. Clash.
2: Yep. Oh, Uh, Des Moines. Des Moines.
1: And then now this, that is significant. Now Paige going into the event, just to throw it out there. If you watched her press conference, she clearly said, I am not feeling good about my game right now. Like it doesn't feel right. So she doesn't feel like she's performing at her best. That's not to take away a win because obviously others are performing at their best. Um, yeah, but that is notable. All right. Over in the NPO, Nick, Uh, Go ahead and give us a recap there of what you see as it played out. Obviously, maybe top three, top four, other notables.
2: Yeah. So I guess we'll kind of dive right into it. We have on our featured guest later today in this episode, we have Eagle McMahon winning the tournament shooting negative 28. His UDIS rank is number two right now with Paul being number one. Um, He shot a 1073 rated round three. And what's kind of cool about this is that his event rating Uh, His average for the weekend was a 1064, which is actually the exact same as it was last year. Historically, he has shot on average 1064 for the six rounds now that he's played at d So I thought that was kind of cool. Obviously, he shot 11 points above his rating for his average. And I think a couple of the biggest notables was Eagle was the number one player and gained putting. He gained 9.25 strokes and gained putting. Also, his birdie percentage at 56% was number one. He was actually tied with Kyle Klein with that. And then a circle one X putting at 96% was good enough to notch him a third place stat in that. And then we'll jump down into Kyle Klein getting second place, one stroke back fellow disc mania teammate, someone who we also would love to get on the show soon. I'm going to try to reach out to him sometime soon and try to get him on. His U disc rank is number 11 in the world. He was able to put up a 1078 rated round two, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, He had won this event, Matt, did we say it was 2019 or 2020? Who are we talking about? Uh, Let me see. Um, Kyle. So in 2019, for the U.S. Amateur uh, Disc Golf Championships, it is held at the toboggan course every single year. He had won it actually by six strokes. And then last year at d his best finish – excuse me, his finish last year was 10th place. And I kind of have a cool little story about Kyle Klein. Back in 2019, when he played the pro side of the Great Lakes Open – I was actually carded with him, and I can't remember if it was round one or two, but I remember there was a hole. I think they had removed it actually this year, but it was a previous hole 11, and it was just like this massive 400-plus like foot shot straight uphill, insanely elevated. And I had actually thrown in a jump up from like 70 feet that round, the one I was playing with Kyle. So I got the two on it, and Kyle's shot was under the bucket, which was absolutely insane. And um, so Kyle, he's he crushes. He fits right in with the Crush Boys. And he played incredible. And actually, so Eagle had made 7,500 bucks, which was, or excuse me, which is the highest amount that he's won at a tournament so far. That was cash per throws was $46 and 58 cents. So every single time he threw the disc, he made just about $50, which is absolutely wild.
1: Yeah, that, that stands out to me. I mean, to yeah. see a payout now, like. I don't want to say it's not a big deal because it's actually a big deal, but I'm saying it gets overlooked yeah. when you, someone's winning $7,500 at an event. That mm-hmm. used to be the FPO and MPO combined for a payout. Yeah. Dude,
2: the, the, the payouts this year for the pro tour is insane. Like, if you win enough. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: If you win enough now, you can almost make a living. And if you, and honestly, yeah. it's, it's making it exciting. Um, the more mm-hmm. money that gets involved, obviously the harder the players are going to compete for it. And we're seeing that mm-hmm. with Eagle because here's what's interesting. Here's a stat for you. Thank you. Statmando, they're producing all of these notable stats that nick and i talk about every week eagle has just won his fourth disc golf pro tour elite series okay or i should say disc golf pro tour and elite series being meaning national tour as well he has had his fourth win this year um this is let me see His fourth win of the year, only six other MPO players have ever done this. Only six ever. Now, that's if you go way back. And when I say go way back, I'm talking like 2003, okay? So I don't mean to offend anybody, um, but that's when I graduated high school. Um, If you go way back, you have other pros doing it like Schultz, Felberg, Climo, of course. But if you stay in this current, I don't want to say generation, but in this time period of disc golf.
2: Generation is a good word. The last decade.
1: The last decade. Let's go that way. Um, Eagle, Macbeth, Waisaki, the only other players to have ever won for disc golf pro tour or elite series total. <laughs> now it should be notable to say this is Eagles second time he's done this. He did this back. I think it says 2018. Um, let me see. Yes. 2018. Yeah. And then three national tours and a major that year. And then, yes. And then Waisaki has done this two times. In 2016 and 2017, but Mm -hmm. it should be notable to say that Paul has done this four different years, 13, 2013, 15, 17, and 19. He has done it Mm -hmm. uh, six. Well, oh no, sorry. 13 to 15. So 13, 14, 14, 15, 17, 18, 19. He's done it six years. Let's get that right. Yeah. Um, but also, also notable. Um, is that Paul Macbeth has shot the past two years at D Glow. He did not get any and I know, Brody, if you're listening, they're, they're, we're doing this because it's actually it's interesting. It's yeah. notable. It is notable. It's a it's a cool stat. It is a cool stat. Here's the deal. And it's like Brody's in our head with ratings now. <laughs>
2: um I, I can I'll tell you this. I care about ratings this month.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll do it for another month. Listen, no, Paul did not get a round over 1,050. Now, does it actually matter to Paul? No. It's an interesting stat. And should it matter to Paul? No. It's an interesting stat to say that Paul did not shoot any round over 1,050. Okay, what's the big deal? That's this year at D Glow. That's the only event this year that he's not had a round over 1,050. The only event this year. What's interesting is if you go back to last year, 2020, the only event that Paul did not get a round rating higher than 1,050, that we're not talking event rating, we're talking actual round rating, mm-hmm. was d 2020. So the past two years, this event, this year and last year, have got him. The only other time you can go back, I want to say in the recent history, I don't know if it's ever, it can't be ever but it says, I think if you go back 2019, it happened at USDGC, but that was when he was hurt. Other than that, I think mm-hmm. you got to go way back.
2: Yeah. It's kind of surprising to me the way that he has kind of, I would say played deagle the last two years. Cause obviously 2018 was the year that he shot the 18 under the round two, and then he dominated that year. And then let's see 2019. He won by I think one or two strokes. Let me look at that really quick. Um, He won by a couple strokes over Kevin Jones that year. Uh, Obviously, he's still playing. Let's see. He won by one stroke over Kevin Jones the year prior in 2019. So obviously, he's played this event. I keep saying that word. He plays that event well. And uh, it's kind of surprising the last two years. He hasn't really kind of fulfilled how he's done in the past, I would say.
1: Well, and if we pulled up and we don't have a big production company here, it's me and you, (laughs) you talk, (laughs) I talk, I I produce. (laughs) If we pulled up a previous episode where we were making um, picks on like who would win and who wouldn't, and I said, you know, Calvin won't, which by the way, that's a whole talking point. But Mm -hmm. you said like, oh yeah, Macbeth for sure. Because like, and I think you even mentioned like D-Glow and and a few others, like Mm -hmm. where you're like, that's like his event. Mm -hmm. So like, it's interesting. He has the 18 down round. They've changed the course this Mm -hmm. year. Everyone loved the changes. I don't think it's any of that. I, 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 maybe, maybe it actually goes back to He has that in his head of 18 down. <laughs> like, I don't know.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think he looks at it like that. Like he has to go out and prove something every single year in this course. I think we, we all know Paul is a competitor who he just wants to go out and win every tournament that he can. That's really his mentality going into any of them. I think what he's done in the past. And it's funny. Cause uh, Giannis and to had kind of just said the same thing. He's like, look, if you're still talking about your past, your ego's big, you know, you're, you're just letting your ego step in for you at that point. So I think it really all depends on what you do now. And then in the future and preparing for that. So I can tell you, Paul's already forgotten about this event. He's moving on to the next (laughs) one, the preserve championships. And that's what he's going for. So I think I'm curious to see how we'll do at preserve. We'll obviously talk about it later. And, uh, I keep saying my word. I'm going to say it every single time. I'm like self-conscious about it now. <laughs> but just, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah and Christine have gotten it in my head. that That's just like the worst word I could possibly say. Obviously it is. <laughs> Anyways, so. I want to, I do, I do want to, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Corey Ellis. He's a team discraft yes. tour, uh, tour player and he crushed it this weekend. I've actually never seen him. I think I've seen him play in person one time and it was briefly like maybe a hole or two. But, um, I know he crushes. I know he's really trying to pursue disc golf as a full- time career i th- I think I shouldn't say I'm sure. Uh, I think that's what he's trying to do, but he played awesome. I mean he <laughs> averaged 10, you got it, yeah Good job. He it yeah um he averaged uh, 1054 throughout the weekend, which is pretty awesome, and his stats he's hes just well rounded all across the board, doesn't have anything in the top one percent but uh, he's definitely well-rounded all across the board, had a great tournament. And then reigning world champion right now and Emerson Keith alongside James Conrad, they both kind of rounded it out at tied for fourth. That's a lie. Actually, Adam Hammis, shout out to him as well. Uh, he got fourth place as well. So that kind of rounds out your top four players.
1: Yeah. I, I have to say, I had to look up Corey Ellis. I was like, hey, <laughs>
2: who's this guy? He, uh, played, have, he played out of his mind yeah. to be honest. I've seen on I'm seen his name in a lot of tournaments before like I said, I haven't seen him play too too much in person yet But I am curious. I'm sure he is going to be on some sort of post-round production So I will look forward to checking that out I always like seeing new players and seeing different names up at the top because it's just more people that hopefully we can eventually have on the show and maybe open up a new set of fan base to that player so that would be ideal Yeah, pretty awesome stats all across the board. Uh, Ricky and Paul both averaging below their rating for this event. And Ricky, let's see. They both kind of struggled with their parked percentage, but let's see. Paul Macbeth did lead. He was second place in his scramble percentage, actually third place in his scrambles percentage at 93%. And Ricky was first place at 13 out of 13. Okay, that's
1: a good stat. Um, I think it's incredible what we're seeing week in and week out. All, everybody, right? At every stage, what's happening. Yeah. So, all right, let's do this. Before we bring in our guests, a lot of people are here to see Eagle McMahon. Before we do that, let's go and uh, make sure we support those who are supporting disc golf. Here we go.
2: So... Ladies and gentlemen, episode 53 this week is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has been so thankful, or uh, excuse me, has been helping us out and sponsoring our episodes now. And they recently just sent Matt and I the Lawnmower Mower 4.0 uh, trimmer. And so kind of want to talk about that really quick. Matt, it's flip-flop season. We got things going on. Manscaped is actually coming out with a whole new box for kind of your hygienic needs lately. And our friends at Manscaped have you covered. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their shears, the 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. Join Manscaped. It's the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with code Nick and Matt. So, Matt, have you had a chance to use your lawnmower 4.0? <laughs> oh, you know I have, and one of the things, I love technology.
1: I had to figure out, and it's not hard to do, but I had to figure out how to use this multifunction button and I found out mm-hmm. like, oh, when it's on, if you hold it down or press it three times, it does one thing. You can lock it. You can turn the light off or on while you're using it. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Also, they have, I love their, I love their wording and the terminology here, weed whacker.
2: I know, right? And when yeah. you're
1: looking at the weed whacker, it has 9,000 RPM. 9,000. I mean, like, that's significant. When you're riding your motorcycle and you hit 9,000 RPM, you're going pretty fast. But safe yeah. technology For someone like me, the hairy beast that I am, and then finally, the shears. I'm not going to lie. I looked at my toes the other day, and they say post-pandemic. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The pandemic's been a little while. It's time to trim the toenails. The shears, 2.0, luxury four-piece nail kit. Again, for the women out there, get it for your man. For the men out there, get it. For you, for your woman. (laughs) For yourself. Anyways, so Nick and Matt, use this code. Support those who support us. We totally appreciate it, everybody. Go check them out. Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. All right. Without further ado, let's bring him in. The man of the hour. Or the weekend. Or I don't know. Of all time. Disc golf. Are we getting to that point yet? Could be in. another
2: week. Who knows? Eagle,
1: Nick Man, everybody. Welcome to the show, Eagle. How are you doing, dude? Doing
0: good. I just uh, finished up my drive and uh, I'm about ready to go get
2: the lawnmower 2.0. Woo! Yeah. Well, <laughs> my yeah. man, don't forget you get 20% off. Use code Nick and Matt. It's also <laughs> free worldwide shipping. Wow. So no matter what state you're in competing next, you order it. We got your back. Okay. I love it.
1: This is what we meant to do, Eagle. We meant to welcome you like this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Disc Golf Great Lakes Open Champion 2021 Eagle McMahon. And that was our plan. We're going to hype everybody up. And I totally forgot it because I'm doing everything at once. But how does it feel coming off of 2021 D-Glow back to back? You did it again. What's your feelings? What's your mindset right now?
0: My mindset right now? (laughs) Um, let me give you my mindset after the putt went in because my mindset right now is I want to, I want to go to sleep, (laughs) Uh, but after the putt dropped, it was pure thrill and, you know, just such an amazing feeling. I, it was such a storybook finish and honestly, well, why am I so zoomed in?
1: I can adjust that for you a little bit.
0: Yeah. I wish I had a tripod. Okay, this is better. <laughs> okay. I was like, whoa, I'm nice and close. Yeah, so after that putt dropped, it was just it, insanity. Uh, the fact that I hit pretty much the same putt again to win the tournament, you know, it's 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 stuff that I only dream about. Uh, you know, obviously, I wanted to win Viglo. It's my goal to win every tournament that I enter. Um, And I definitely probably had a little bit more emphasis on winning this one, being uh, the defending champion. So, uh, you know, that whole round, uh, you know, there was a lot of highs and, you know, there was some lows at certain points. Because, uh, like I said in one of my interviews, I feel like I played extremely well. And, you know, I thought I played at such a a high level that final round that, you know, I I feel like I could have ran away with it. but. Kyle Klein, shout out to him. He kept it close the whole entire time. At one point I had a two-stroke lead, uh but then I uh you know, I missed two holes in a row and he got him. Mm-hmm. Uh and then all of a sudden was tied. I bogey. He's up. He's up uh up by one with only a you know, a few holes to play. So uh it was uh it was neck and neck. It was high pressure and uh you know, it was it was absolutely thrilling
2: yeah definitely shout out to kyle you guys put on a great battle and i think one of the things we can take away from that is how well you responded to him kind of being the local hero and him having kind of the crowd behind him and so you both were able to put on a great show which is awesome congrats to you for winning uh why do you think you perform so well at toboggan
0: uh probably a few different reasons um I really like the course and that usually that usually helps. It's a place that I'm really looking forward to going back to. You know, a good course to me is uh one that I play and then after I'm done playing it, I think about it later in the year thinking like, oh, if I put a new disc in my bag, what does that disc fly like on hole three at Toboggan? Or what am I gonna do when I get to a certain hole? So I was definitely really excited to play there again because you know, I throw a lot of shots there that I don't really get to throw that much just because of the so so many different elevation changes uh and uh you know it also it fits my game pretty well honestly that's a a really great that's probably one of my favorite styles of golf Uh, you know it has a lot of variety it has big open shots but it also has you know technical shots in the woods and it really Mm -hmm. feels like it, it feels like it challenges all aspects of your game while still being fair uh you know i I'm a proponent of natural out of bounds, but I'm also a proponent of, uh, you know, artificial OB. And I think uh, Toboggan does it really well. It they, they do it almost perfectly. It's you know the perfect balance of both. Like on hole one, if you shank a shot left, you're out of bounds. But if you you know saw it off right, you're in natural OB. Mm-hmm. So you know just the the mix of uh, you know hazards out there is uh, you know it's it's one of the best uh, tracks that I think disc golf has to offer. Mm-hmm especially with the new changes.
2: Yeah, kind of quickly go on those new changes. I've heard nothing but incredible things about how the event was ran this year and then also the changes to the course. I've heard nothing but incredible things about it. So can you talk to us about a couple of the whole changes and then maybe even the tournament staff? Obviously, there was a new tournament director running the event this year alongside with the Pro Tour.
0: Yeah, so the, the changes were on hole number, was on hole number five. They got rid of, they got rid of, hole number five from last year, which was essentially like a a hole that was right around, uh, I want to say 300 feet. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a turnover or a sidearm uh, into some trees. It felt like uh, you know, it wasn't the worst hole in the world, but it felt a little bit awkward. They got rid of that hole and then they got rid of a hole later in the course. I can't really pinpoint the number. It might have been uh, like hole 15 or something, but they uh, they cleared out an epic Fairway, making this four hundred and eighty foot downhill you know basically gauntlet style shot that um jump probably jumps up into my dream eighteen I would imagine oh. it's it's that good of a hole it's very picturesque uh you can uh you know it's a wooded fairway, but it's extremely fair you could probably fit two semi trucks down the fairway you know mm-hmm. I think it's that's kind of like the if you're looking for like the perfect size fairway, I think uh, course designer should look at that hole. And then they added another par four where it's basically like a chip shot, uh, forehand or turnover backhand. That's a uh, you know very well designed, you know technically challenging, uh, which is really cool because uh, it adds a really great variety to 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 bog in. Mm-hmm. And then the next change was they got rid of uh, I said earlier hole 15, which was this downhill hazard, and they combined it to the next hole making it an extremely tough par 4 borderline par 5 um, there was a little bit of controversy around the hole but not much i think it was pretty good uh but you know they were kind of making something on short notice from what i heard mm-hmm. uh in the future mm-hmm. they are looking to maybe clear out more of a fairway so you can maybe push your tee shot a little bit straighter and have better access to the hole or maybe even you know stringing a line and making it a par 5 but, okay. you know, i i think it was I think the hole that they put in was better than the previous hole that we played. So all in all, really good changes. And I think uh, maybe two or three of the holes, they changed the tee pad slightly, making it more challenging, especially on hole 17. uh, We teed off from probably 80 to 100 feet uh, forward or closer. And then for this event, they moved it back changing the shot almost completely so it was a kind of a technical first shot where you could either you know throw a turnover backhand sidearm to try to get safe or throw a hyzer over the road and be a little bit more aggressive Mm -hmm. but uh just uh you know really really phenomenal track and uh i'm sure most people can say that's one of the the better places we stop on tour
2: that's awesome
1: excellent yeah uh i've never been out there and my son's telling me we got to go out there and but i think it's only it's temporary for most of the year right or at least a modified temporary maybe
0: yeah i think it's it goes in for a little over a month okay they put it in for amnats and the great lakes open so they basically they mow the entire course for those two events and then as soon as I think Diglo's over. I don't know I don't know how long the course is from here on out, but you know, it's not gonna be too long because uh, you know, they use that that part for uh, a multitude of other other things. You <laughs> know, right in the winter it's like uh you know it's a it's a winter wonderland. You know, yeah. Loggins, snowboards and all, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. all those kind of winter activities.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Um We've asked you this before. We've had you on the show a few times. We totally appreciate you coming on again. We told you. We said next time you win, the many times you win, we'll keep having you on. Appreciate you coming on, but we've asked you this question, but people keep asking and keep wanting to know. And even in live coverage, they're like, "Eagle doesn't look at scores. He doesn't know what the score is. He doesn't know what the score is going into the last hole. He probably doesn't know what the score is." Can you just like confirm or deny like you don't I don't think you have a routine. Is it just play it by ear through the round or is that something you really don't do?
0: It's to kind of play it by ear. Honestly, you know, I, I'm, I was aware of the scores pretty much most of the round yesterday. It's kind of more of a feeling because the way I look at it is like, why do you need to look at scores? If you're trying to play the best you can, um, you know, most of the time, or my theory is up until about three holes to play, you're, you you want to play your game through and through no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you modify your game plan or play safe or, you know, are affected by what other people are doing, that's going to affect you and maybe not the best way. So for me, I've always found that it's more beneficial to just play my game and, you know, just play, play the number in my head. Like uh, if I, in practice, shoot a good round of, you know 12 under on the course and you know I I know that's a good score or if I look at like okay you know I played the first round and you know I shot 12 under on this course and it's 1060 rated then 1060 usually wins a tournament so if I can aim for that score each and every round just by numbers probably going to have a pretty good chance at winning so uh that's my mentality of course there are some exceptions to the rule like if there's a course with you know a ton of OB saying like Winthrop or mm-hmm. uh, maybe Eureka or something something along those lines where you know decisions really need to be made and you know you have a two or three stroke lead yeah then it's probably beneficial to know scores but I already kind of have the rule set out for myself uh, if if I feel like I need to check scores I'm going to look at them on hole six the start of hole sixteen to finish around. But if I kind of know what's going on, or my game plan
2: is to go for the holes anyway, then I don't really even see the need. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get that. Yeah, it's kind of like a mental thing just throughout the whole tournament at that point. Um, on a scale of one to 10, this is going to be kind of like a two part question, but on a scale of one to 10, how do you rate your season so far? And then talk to us about you had an eighth place finish at the PDGA World Championships. Yeah, You then won a C tier right after, but then had a couple of weeks off coming into this event. So give us a rate on your season and then kind of just your mental thoughts on how everything's been since the World Championships.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a cr- weird question. Um, that's not a weird question. I'm just interpreting it as that. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, I would probably say an 8 out of 10 right now. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm doing pretty well pretty dang well uh you know four four pro tour wins is the most i've ever had in the year if i my my other best year i won i believe three nts uh and a major that was back in 2018 uh so you know this is kind of almost right on par and you know i have potential to expand on it so you know for me it's mostly you know, trying to keep that consistently consistency and, you know, put myself up near the top because I I have certain goals that I want to achieve this year. Um, so I'll, I'll give it an eight out of 10 because I felt a little bit lackluster in a few events, but you know, you can't win them all. Uh, so I think that the big disappointment for me, the biggest blemish was Waco. It was Mm -hmm. like a 47th place. Uh, I was injured at that event. So that could be a, a little bit of a reason, but you know, just, uh, I don't like looking at the the 47th place finish. It just makes me feel not good about myself. And then uh worlds, I fought back. I'm proud of myself for, you know, keeping my head in it and, you know, at least getting a top 10, you know, I, top 10 is important to me. You can't really argue top 10 regardless of the player. Uh, but I feel like I'm in a place in my career where I want to be up near the top. Uh, so to see eighth place two two of the rounds, uh, I don't feel like I gave it my best effort or one round. I didn't give my best effort. And uh, that kind of cost me mm-hmm.
1: looking back. Mm-hmm. So just to fill you in, because I- I'm not trying to correct what you know, but you actually did have four significant wins in 2018. Uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series or major, and they were LVC, GBO, Beaver yeah. State and Kona Piste. So you had four. I think this ties your record. Am I wrong? Do you know?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, the, it, it does. That was significant. I, I probably i I classify them different because the one was a major. Okay. I would still say I, I put the major kind of a little above and beyond of what anything I won so far. Okay. Just because of that, the t, the title, which is funny because you know it's all the same players competing every week, and <laughs> yeah. it's always the same level of competition. But you know. Call it a major. Okay. Uh, but, you know, if, let's just say hypothetically I can win another event this year, then, yeah, this is probably going to start looking like one of my best seasons. Mm-hmm. Or I, if not the best season I've had.
1: Yeah. Stat Mando, go and research what's the most. Do you know the most that any pro player is won in a season? Because we just looked as far as four goes. So if we count you as having your fourth this year. And we only go back a decade because a decade's pretty significant. There's only two other players besides you, Waisaki and Macbeth. Macbeth did it mm-hmm. six years, in, six different years. Waisaki did it two different years. You've now done it. I know you classified it differently, but this could be your second year if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. You're on the yeah. right track. Yeah. You're winning a lot. Uh, if you do win another one, I am curious. I, I didn't look this up beforehand. Will that be the most anybody's won in one season? I don't for, know.
0: for, for pro tours
1: elite elite and dgpt well paul nt
2: paul had had the grand slam year in 2015 so that was five majors okay that he had Uh won and so then i mean i'm sure there were other smaller elite series events that he might have won that year too you're on your way though
1: eagle you're on your way that's the point come on eagles fly your documentary was great (laughs) by the way uh how excited were you about that
0: it was it was a huge honor uh Brian Geis, who lives in Colorado, basically caught one of my uh one of my vlogmas episodes when I was doing that back in december, and uh, I was talking about uh a trail we do and he's he basically had a vision and he's like, Eagle, do you wanna be a part of this uh and I was like, Of course, so it took about four or five days to shoot I gave him access to uh basically all the photo archives that you know i have access to so uh (laughs) he used his creative genius to make it happen and it's it's pretty humbling and it's it's a huge honor that something that sentimental and meaningful is out on jomez for people to watch you know it feels like so many people can look take like a deeper dive and see like where I came from. And that's, that's a really cool thing. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And, uh, you know, thank you, Brian and Joe Mitz for making it happen.
1: Yeah. So pretty big news came out with Discmania. You're, I I don't know, do you call them your headline sponsor? I'm sure they are, but Discmania Mm -hmm. changing things up, producing their own plastic, their own molds. Uh, how does this leave you feeling about your future with Disc I think you alluded somewhere that like, you knew about this, obviously. I think, I say obviously, Nick. I say obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, we're working on not saying the word obviously
2: over here on the Nick and Matt yeah, Show.
0: I, I- I have some words like that where I just I just say them without even thinking. I, I feel you.
2: Yeah, what's funny is I don't even think I say that a lot outside of doing the podcast. So I think it's when I get in front of the camera, all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, yeah, obviously this, obviously that. I'm like, why am I even uh-huh. saying this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so not obviously, but I am curious.
1: I think I had heard that you knew about this during the contract season, if you will, that this was coming down the pipe. Did that play a part in it? And if not, regardless, this big announcement – How does it leave you feeling for your future with Discmania?
0: Yeah, I'll answer the first part of that question first. It played a major part in it, actually, because with the explosion of disc golf and, you know, being kind of uh, dictated by another company, you know, we weren't really able to order as many discs as we wanted to. And basically, most professional disc offers get paid off of royalties off discs sold. And, and if we couldn't make a disc with my name on it, then, you know, the contract's going to, you know, other companies came at me with pretty sizable offers. Um, and UC kind of had to tell me some secret news, which isn't secret anymore that, you know, we were going to become our own manufacturer. And, He's like, this is this is we're basically gonna be like an Innova or a Discraft. You know, you, there's gonna be some gamble, but you know, uh I ask you to take a chance and a uh, better offer than essentially the other guys game. So uh, you know, I'm sure you could figure out who was knocking on my door. Uh I don't want to name names, but Discmania put out the best offer because they're they're putting their money where their mouth was. And, uh, you know, I I looked at that and I said, okay, I've been a part of Dismania for seven years. Uh, you know, I got a really great uh, family atmosphere. I know Simon really well. Uh, the guy's back in Colorado. It's really cool. Uh, the Austin Montgomery, he's one of the guys who was instrumental. Uh, um, he is the director of operations, Dismania US, up in Fort Collins, Colorado. And he's basically hired on, like, basically the whole warehouse is people I used to play with from Colorado event mm-hmm. and like growing up. So like, it really feels like the place I should be. So having that and then having, you know, the new opportunity with the factory is just, it, it I didn't have any reason to leave, And I think my future is very bright. I really like the new discs. Uh I put, I, threw them all this past weekend with you know not that much practice on it like at worlds and they they made the announcement and a few weeks later they got approved so you know the dd3 the md3 the p2 i threw those countless times this week and uh i found really good success with them so you know i i think that's proof that the product is good
2: okay so That's awesome. That was definitely one of the biggest things that people wanted to know was how is the new lineup treating you? And obviously it treated you well this weekend. We're excited to see it expand. And uh, Matt, you were just about to say something. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I wanted to just press on something just a little bit, Eagle. So can you just tell us, you didn't want to name names. That's okay. I think we all speculated at some point. It's probably a manufacturer that starts with the letter D. We can at least get down to two with that one. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing is, are you telling me that like it was kind of a promise for the future to come or was this a significant big contract? And can you, are you not allowed to tell us the numbers?
0: Um, I'm not going to say numbers, but I will say that it was guaranteed upfront money. Okay. So they put their money where their mouth was. It wasn't an IOU or saying, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. If we do this, it was, um, it made me happy <laughs> good good but my kids money
2: doesn't buy happiness <laughs> <laughs> i sure as hell will help so <laughs> yeah. with uh with so many great events going on nowadays how are you prioritizing your schedule i know you're one of the players who does like to go across the pond and go play a couple of european events and you have some you know you have some love out there from your fans um with that kind of being put on hold this year how did you prioritize what you wanted to do Yeah, so.
0: My my whole thing this year was seeing the disc golf pro tour. It's I I believe it's it's the best tour in disc golf, and what Jeff Spring and his crew is doing with uh, their organization is absolutely incredible. You look back last year at the pro tour finale, you know the the twenty thousand dollars to both the MPO winner and the FPO winner. That just shows that you know disc golf is is going in, in an amazing direction on ESPN. So uh, I wanted to be a part of all the pro tours. I, I had to miss one Des Moines because it kind of was a, a last second event. I was mm-hmm. going to play the European uh, Sula open, but yep. Des Moines uh, ended up being a placeholder for that. Uh, but, you know, I, I took that off because it was right after worlds. Um, and I'm from Colorado. So it was a little, it was a quick drive over there. And I just thought, you know, this is uh this is kind of like, this is the the halfway point for the season and my girlfriend actually uh you know is on tour with me now she moved from Alabama uh she drove the car i had in Alabama out i traded in my subaru my uh my lexus and i upgraded to a toyota tacoma uh so you know i had to get a lot of things kind of sorted in that time frame uh but yeah that probably wouldn't have happened if the Europe was going on. If Mm -hmm. Europe, if the Europe tour theoretically happened, we, we would have just played a a pro tour event in Norway, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, the European open another major. So obviously I would have loved to get over there, but you know, it stinks that it didn't happen, but it allowed me to, you know, get some life stuff taken care of, Mm -hmm. uh, before, you know, heading out for the, the 2021 season part two.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's awesome that you're able to take a little bit of time for yourself, get your, you know, let's say your mental health in order and then also just your everyday life. You know, that's cool. Congrats on upgrading up to your Tacoma. That's awesome. Your girlfriend's out in the road with you right now. Um, It's been a busy year. We can all kind of say that we've had so many tournaments going on this year. It's I feel like it's been crazy every week. We're talking about a different one at this point. Um, We're having on the you disguise later. And one of the biggest things this year is UDIS finally came out with their own ranking system. And at the moment, you are number two on that ranking system. (laughs) Wow. If you had to choose, though, do you feel like you are the number one player in the world at the moment? Oh, come on. I I just, I mean. Uh,
0: Actually, I was just looking at this and I'll correct you. I'm the number one player in the world right now.
2: Did they uh, update it? To you, they, they Did
0: updated they,
2: it? Okay, they must have just updated them <laughs> uh-huh. before Statmando sent our stuff. So, way to prove me wrong. Perfect. And then, all right. So, at that point, now that you are the number one player, I know you just ranking is, you know, their own personal ranking. I just personally want to get your opinion on how, like, how do you feel like your go, your year is going compared to other players, on top of. You know the likes of Ricky's having a great season. Paul's having a decent season. You have a couple players who are making some names for themselves. Just kind of tell us where you think you're at.
0: Yeah. So, I I really hate talking about myself and comparing myself to others. So I'm gonna try to go by stats as much as possible right now. Um, so let's let me just compare myself to. The four, the three other players that I believe are are the best: mm-hmm. uh, Ricky, Paul, and Calvin. And I think uh, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that most people are remembered primarily by wins. Uh, you know, obviously podiums always good, and you know you're gonna ha- you're gonna rack up tour points in the national tour, the pro tour, just by just by uh, you know placing well, but if you look at Ricky, I think he has he has one national tour win, one Elite Series Pro Tour win, and then maybe one or two Silver Series. And the mm-hmm. Silver Series for me are like I don't know how well they stack up because they're like somewhere in between an A tier and an Elite Series. So mm-hmm. you know they're pretty good. So you can say you can say Ricky's having a pretty pretty solid year for sure. Um, I think he's played of um, maybe one or two more events than I have. Uh, Paul has one NT, he has one Pro Tour event, and I don't believe Calvin has won an event yet, but he's been very consistent. So, you know, I will say to this point, I would say I'm probably, I can see why the UDISC ranking puts me at number one. Do I think that's completely accurate? Maybe not, but, you know, I think so far I can see why how I could be considered the number one player, mm-hmm. but you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's one thing in sports. There's a lot of bias associated with, uh, let's say Paul or Ricky, just because, you know, they, they have that, that term uh, you know, prestige. They have those world titles associated mm-hmm. with their name. Uh, so, you know, they're always going to be good in anyone's eyes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there they're the top. They're the top two disc golfers when it comes down to the bottom line, and I'd probably put myself in that third spot. But as far as right now, okay, I'll, I'll call myself the number one player.
2: See, Super that right, was a
0: sit, sit, sitting in this chair. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that was <laughs> that was honestly a, a very very good answer, and I like how you did back it up in the sense of these are the stats that's going on this year, um, and you were spot on with everyone how many tournaments they won. The only thing Calvin really notably has done he i think he did win a silver series event this year um but other than that you're right about Paul and Ricky how many tournaments they won and i think we look at Ricky's season because he went like back to back to back wins he had three kind of big wins in a row and then you've just mm-hmm. consistently been playing pretty freaking well all year um with mm-hmm. just really one blemish being the waco and like you said you're battling some injury That's never fun, and that's obviously going to hurt going into tournaments. So, no, you you provided a very, very incredible answer on that one, so we appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. So we're just about –
0: I'd like to add one thing to that. Mm -hmm. I I was looking at the Pro Tour stats, and the Silver Series actually count for a good amount of points, like if you play a bunch of them. Uh, Paul is winning – Paul's winning the the points, or no, Calvin's winning the point series right now. And he just has like a bunch of, you know, really solid finishes. Um, so, you know, there's an argument for Calvin as well, just because, you know, his consistency. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, my goal this year, I really want to win the point series for <laughs> the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Because uh, whenever there's a, basically every Pro Tour event, people sorry. <laughs> People keep calling me uh every time there's a pro tour event there's a, a t sign next to you and it should always like the the previous champion champions from like the pro tour finale and the pro tour pro tour uh point series mm-hmm. so uh i want my picture there next year so i can look see that i did it uh on each T pad there so, you go <laughs> i was doing the math and i think uh they count your top eight scores from pro tours and uh I need three more probably top five finishes to, you know, make a really good case for it. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. my goal.
1: That, hey, that's actually been a question of mine. Uh, I do another show as well, and we actually talked about that. Do they care? Do they? It, there's a lot of things that are getting put on the line now, like the match play, like the finale, all this stuff. So it's pretty cool. Even the all-star event. Um, we got mm-hmm. one, we got one last question for you and actually comes from one of our listeners. It's kind of a big, epic question. Answer it however you want in Eagle fashion. Here you go.
4: Hi, Eagle. This is Eric Turner from Seattle, Washington. Thanks for taking my question. Where do you see the future of disc golf? Do you see more outside sponsorship to push it? Do you see the disc golf pro tour separating from the PDGA? I'd like a little insight on you being such a high-level player and how you see this sport moving forward, professional, on the professional level. Thank you, and uh, always love seeing you, the Beaver State Fling. Um happy to see you take down the win, and uh, the best to you on your
1: future. Yeah, that is a very big question. <laughs> Any <laughs> dreams? Any dreams? Like, I mean, for you or for the sport?
0: So i never i at least i tell myself this i probably you know dream of things all the time but i really like to look at what we have in the moment and then i don't like to make very bold predictions because i think it's better to be a realist because you know we'll if you set too high of expectations for disc golf and doesn't hit that then it's kind of disappointing but let's Let's look at what we've done right now. Just in this pa- these past this past, year and a half, Disc Golf has been on major networks twice, and it's about to be on ESPN again in August. We picked up Bushnell. You guys are... You guys are associated with Manscaped, which I, you know, I, I basically hear ads from them all the time. So, you know, outside sponsors are coming into the sport right now. And there was 2,000 people at d That's so many people. And each and every one of those people paid money to be there. If you were to do that in 2019... You probably have 200 people there who didn't pay anything to get on property. Mm-hmm. So just right there, that's that's an insane increase. So you know, I think uh, from right now to you know five, ten years in the future, just the ripple effect from those people, the people who got in the sport during COVID, the people who are getting the sport right now. It's just going to keep exponentially growing. And I will, I would not be surprised to see bigger and bigger sponsors coming into the sport. And, you know, I think to see like, you know, if you're in a hotel one night, you know, trying to find something to watch on TV, you know, middle of the night, you know, maybe they are airing some disc golf opposed to, you know, uh, whatever the cornhole championships. Like, I think <laughs> it's going to be, we're going to have, we're going to be on TV a lot more often than, uh, Than we are right now
1: that's a great answer i think we're all seeing the same things you are it's good to hear from your perspective as well we thank you very much for your time eagle uh you said you wanted to hit you know get some sleep or whatever else we're gonna let you do that we appreciate so much Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on the show we'll catch up with you another time good luck at preserve
0: i appreciate it guys y'all have a good one all right thanks Eagle. bye all
1: right bye all right, everybody, that was Eagle McMahon. Uh Nick, what stands out if anything? You had a great question there. The chat was going like a little bit wild over that when you asked how he what felt the, how he felt yeah. about
2: his ranking. What anything stand out to you about his responses here tonight? I no, I I thought his response was perfect. And I actually I had to go on the Disc golf pro tour website and actually see the standings. And I, I was kind of surprised to see that Calvin is leading in the points actually probably by a pretty decent amount. And reason being is he's been playing pretty much every single pro tour on top of, he's been playing pretty much every single series silver series events and Eagle has not been playing the silver series events. So the point structure, the way it does work out, I just wish I saw for someone who's won four elite series pro tour events this year. I would have at least seen him at least at number two, but I mean, he's number three on the list right now behind Paul McBeth or Calvin Heinberg and Paul McBeth. But his answer to, how he ranks himself, I thought was a very, very valid answer. He looked at stats. He looked at how other people's seasons are going and how his is. And like I had said, my follow-up was his only blemish really is 43rd at Waco. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what stood out to me. I would say the most. Yeah. It, it's always epic having Eagle on. I like how he speaks
1: straight and he actually said a little bit about his contract. I don't know if I've heard that anywhere else. Um, I wanted to know, did they promise him a future with Discmania? Like, hey, we're going to have all this awesome stuff. Or mm-hmm. did they give him money? And he says, they made him happy. <laughs> they promised, mm-hmm. I, as the way I understood it, money down. And, and, and yeah. so that's awesome for him. Um, as we get ready to bring on, we've got Udisc lined up. And when I say Udisc, we have the original founder or one of the founders. We'll ask him how that went again. Matt Krueger, as well as Duka, and I believe I'm saying his last name right, or maybe, Bursma. That's my, that's my best go at it. We'll bring him on. He is a PhD data scientist working full-time for UDISC. It's going to be an epic, I think, epic interview. Our partner show over on Foundation Podcast, Griplocked, mm-hmm. talked about world rankings, UDISC world rankings, and they had a lot of questions. And I heard him say, hey, those guys need to go on the Nick and Matt show. So we're going to make it happen. And, And here we go. Yeah. But before we do that, let's go ahead and give thanks to those who are supporting disc golf. All right, everybody. We have an awesome sponsor tonight. Hempfield Botanicals. Disc golf wears and tears on the body like any other sport. That's why it's necessary to take proper measures to ensure your body stays in good health. Do this with Hempfield Botanical CBD Muscle Recovery and Salve. The muscle recovery is for those general aches and pains after a long day on the course, while the salve provides concentrated relief for areas that are causing more pain, such as inflamed joints or nerves. I mean, honestly, I have a wrist. Everyone has wrist. <laughs> I have a wrist and I have like tendonitis in there and I've had it for quite a while. I've gone to therapy. I've done electrotherapy. I've done whatever they do. They, sh- they stick shots in you and they all these things. I've done physical therapy. This stuff is really good. If it flares up mm-hmm. after doing something incredible, I take this out. Check it. here. I'll pull it up big on screen. This stuff right here in this little jar. There it is. It is amazingly, I don't want to say potent. Maybe potent's the right word. I'm not sure. It's awesome. You put it on after you have something like that hurting after your round. Feels amazing. And then finally, I mean, Nick, did you get the lip balm?
2: I did. So funny enough, after Utah, when I went out to Utah this year, it was super dry heat and my lips were chapped to be on chapped. And I was really excited to see that they had actually sent me some of the CBD lip balm. So I've been using that just about every single day right now. I'm loving it. And then same thing with the salve, mat, like you were just talking about. I've been using that on my foot, my left foot, and my left ankle. And I really do feel like it has been helping out a lot lately. So I want to hit a few points here. Um, these are recommended
1: by physicians, orthopedic surgeons, neurologists, physical therapists. I had never, and I'm just going to put this out, I'd never used CBD before this sponsorship. Thank you for hooking me up, uh, Hempfield Botanicals. Um, in fact, here, on camera. Uh, you can't see this if you're obviously, um, Yeah, I got to get rid of my eyes or else it goes out of focus. There we go. Watch this. Oh, there's some coming out. If you're watching on video, you see it come out. This is for your general aches and pains. So when I'm throwing that disc hard all day, you rub it on like that. And I can tell you the smell. You, we don't have smell-o-vision. What's that? You know, the future, we can do all this cool stuff. But smell-o-vision isn't one. Yeah, it actually smells like what's the smell? Not like it's like minty fresh. It and it cools. It cools upon contact. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So shout out to Hempfield Botanicals. Go support them. Nick and Matt code twenty percent off your order. Twenty percent off. This product is incredible, guys. This is their mantra. This is their thing. Feel good, play better. Hempfield Botanicals. So we want to say thank you to them. Go check them out for sure. All right, so there we go. That's pretty cool to have CBD in the, in the sponsorship
2: here. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Shout and out to them. Especially the official CBD partner of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yes. So to have them even kind of like know who we are as a podcast and want to be able to support us and help us out with everything that we're doing is pretty incredible. So like Matt said, 20% off using the code Nick and Matt. Check it out. This stuff feels great. Yeah,
1: you're right. They are the official CBD partner of the disc golf. Pro. You've probably seen them. If you, and now you can put two and two together. Hey, I saw that on the Nick and Matt show. Hey, I saw that on disc golf pro tour. Yeah. Both of those. All right. I say it this way for 53 episodes <laughs> without further ado, let's introduce, um, let's get them off mute there and let's get them into, uh, the show here. Welcome to the show. You, Oh, oh I got to change this up real quick. Boom. There we go. Udisk. I, I have so many different setups here. I got to change this one a little bit. We got Udisk in the room, everybody. In Udisk, again, go ahead just really quickly. Matt, tell us who you are for Udisk, and then you can introduce your um, partner here.
4: Hello. Nice to see you guys again. It's been a year probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm Matt Kruger. I am the co-founder and original creator of the Udisk app. i um, been doing this for about 10, almost 10 years now. And then with me today, I have Duka Bursma, who is our data scientist, and I'll let him give a little introduction. I think this is the first time that he's really been shown to the world. So we're excited for everybody to hear what he has to say.
3: Very cool. Yeah, hi guys. Uh, thanks for having me on, excited to be here. Uh, Matt, you got the pronunciation perfect. Wow. Uh, Duka Burzma, yep. Uh, so I uh, started with Udisk as uh, kind of a freelancer Last fall and then joined full time in December. Uh before that I got my PhD in math from the University of Oregon. And that was uh about a year ago, a little over a year ago.
1: Wow. So you got um you, you sound like the right man for the job though, and I'm sure that's why Udisc snagged you up. Did you reach out to Udisc or did they find you?
3: Uh they had an application out for um I I think it was an intern application, and you know, I had just gotten out of my program. So I was looking for opportunities, uh, submitted my, my application and my resume and they got back to me the same day. So, uh, happened pretty quickly, but it's a great match. Awesome.
4: Nice. Definitely.
1: All right. So we brought you guys on the show for multiple reasons. Cause people want to know what's going on. Udisc, I see it regularly. New players coming to the sport. They go, Hey, what's a good app for disc golf tracking scores. They say, I see Udisc." disc Is that because it's the only one or is it because it's the best? And a lot of times you see the response, almost both, almost both. (laughs) You guys have done it so well for quite a few years now, Matt. Like I said, for your first live disc scoring at Maple Hill, I think that's where it was. I was able to Mm -hmm. do that. I still have that t-shirt. It was an Epic experience. I'm proud to have done that with you. Tell us, where you're at now with Udisk? give us some of the feature I know you don't call them features or maybe you do options <laughs> options and upgrades what do you have going on at Udisk
4: well first of all it's, it's really cool that you were there for that first DGPT I remember talking with you about that I don't specifically remember you being there but um, those shirts are definitely going to live on forever I've got yeah. a few of them in a box somewhere still if you ever want another one <laughs> let me know yes <laughs> um But yeah, so, you know, you just kind of came from humble beginnings just to find courses and then eventually we added a way to keep score and we kept kind of layering things on from there. And now kind of as Disc Golf has grown and our team has grown and we've been able to just do more and continue to add more to the app, we've been able to release some pretty cool things um, over the last few months and some more stuff coming soon. So I'll just maybe talk about a few of the recent things sure. and and mm-hmm. very soon upcoming things so we'll touch on world rankings later which i think um is one of the big reasons that Duca is here because that um is kind of his his uh baby very which is cool. wonderful but uh so yeah the biggest things that we've done recently so you may have heard of CardCast, which is um it's available in the app right now which is just a way to do live scoring for any round so if you're out on the course and you're playing with your friends it's kind of like collaborative live scoring so anybody can enter a score from any phone and it'll all sync up together at the same time which is pretty cool um kind of gives a new aspect of like you don't always have to have one person keeping score the whole round you can keep your own score you can trade off keeping scores um each hole or something like that if you don't want to do it the whole round and then something that's actually coming in well i'll give you a little a little preview it's coming in like two days or three days probably we're gonna have the ability for you to actually share a link to your round so that people can follow you live on the internet um, for any round, just for rec rounds, for tournament rounds, whatever you're gonna be using. Um, so our beta teams have that in their hands now and they're putting, uh, putting it through the paces to make sure that everything is ready to go. And that'll be out in a couple days. And then another big thing, so we, we've announced this, but we haven't released it yet. And we're kind of just getting to the initial beta testing stage, something that we're calling smart layouts. And so this is something that people have been asking for for a very long time. It's essentially a redesign of how courses are modeled in the UDISC app. For example, if you play a course that has many T's and many baskets, you might show up and oh, all of a sudden uh, the basket is in the B position and UDISC has a layout where it's mapped in the A position. Um, so we're going to simplify this process and allow you to actually have a really accurate representation of the course that you're playing. It sounds like something simple. Uh, but it isn't. It's something that we've been working on for, we've been thinking about for years, and we've been working on for six plus months now. Duke has had a big hand in that as well. Um, so that's that's coming soon, and we're really excited about that. Um, another big one is the course ambassador program that we're about to launch. So we'll have more details about that soon, but with sort of this redesign of how course layouts work, um, we're looking for people to kind of own each course and kind of be the person who is in charge of making sure that UDISC has the most accurate information. Um, There's always somebody out there who's the one moving the pins or is notified when the pins get moved by the city or whoever's doing it and we want to make sure that we're able to accurately portray all that information so that when people show up to play they can you know look at UDISC and be like yep it's in the B position I'm going to go throw the B position and not only that but it'll make your stats a bit more accurate since we'll actually know you played from you know the short T to the A position or the long T to the B position or whatever it ends up being on each hole. Mm-hmm. So I can I can go forever on these, <laughs> but I think we feel free to jump in and ask something or we can have Duca add something here.
1: I think honestly, the amount of options that are available, I keep diving into them. Can I ask as in transition, maybe to bringing in Duca a little bit here, is is there a easy way? Is it easy? Maybe I've just missed it. To go from the UDISC app that we all know and love to use and watch live scores, is there like a button to see world rankings yet?
4: Not a direct button to go straight to that, but uh, if you go to the More tab, then you can tap on UDISC Live, and that'll bring you to the UDISC Live website. And then on the top menu, there's the World Rankings link just in the regular UDISC Live site. So. Yeah, so you can get to it, but it's not one click.
1: <laughs> is there any plan to make that like one of the tabs in Udisc, or is it not really that big of a deal that everybody doesn't need it right there?
4: One thing with Udisc is that we like to sort of, there's sort of two types of disc golfers. I think there's people that really care to follow the pro scene, and there's people that really just want to play disc golf. And so some of that we try to keep separate because, um, you know, a lot of people just want to get out and play they're not they're not looking at world rankings and they're not following live scores so the way that we do that is during tournaments you know there's a banner on the first tab of the app that's you know tap here to follow the tournament um and other times we don't necessarily put that in people's faces however i think that in the future we can have more customization and and have people like sort of choose what they want to see Mm,
1: there you go you've done a lot you've done a lot are you one of the original founders is it you and josh or was it you and you brought josh in is that kind of how it went
4: yeah so i started i made the first version of the app and it was really just a hobby for like two years and then when it when we decided to make it sort of more into a business and um, try to make it into something bigger then i brought josh in and we sort of co-founded the company Um, so that's why it's creator and (laughs) co-founder sort of (laughs) creative way to, to say that but yeah before i pass
1: this off. You, we did have you on about 50 episodes ago. I think it was right up there in the beginning, and we had this conversation, yeah. which which is harder, disc golf or golf. So let me ask you this one: which is? <laughs> I see Duka laughing on my <laughs> other screen. I have to pull him up. Yeah, it's funny. I'll I'll still debate it. I, I you know whatever. But here's the thing: which is harder, golf or coding, like in programming and app writing?
4: Yeah. Huh? Well, <laughs> the difference there is that. You can write really bad code that still works. Okay. You, you can't go on the golf course and shoot a bad round and still win.
2: That's a good point. There you go.
4: Yeah. <laughs> there's not just one way to write code. There's yeah. there's so many, you think, many, many ways. So golf is the hardest thing ever.
1: No, all right. We don't need to get off on this. We, we did on this before.
4: Yeah. I think we got a bit heated
2: last time. We can, we <laughs> yeah. can save that for, Go check it out. I, I think it's done like done episode that. three. I don't feel like getting the chat board all pissed off on what we think all is right. harder or not. Let's do let's that. I did play this.
4: my first round of golf in like seven years since we last spoke and I can confirm it is very hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. At least we have that. Okay. Um, let's do this. I want to ask Duca directly, I guess, just to go ahead. And was this your main project, your baby? How does this work? What is the world ranking system? And yeah, give us the elevator. Like what is the, what is the world ranking system?
3: Yeah, great question. So um, it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while. um, And it's something that has sort of been missing in pro disc golf for a while. Um, So our goals were to develop a way to accurately rank the pros, uh, the best players in the sport in a way that really aligns incentives with what the pros are already trying to do, which is uh, win or at least place as well as possible at the biggest events, the biggest events in the world, the biggest stages. Um, so we considered a lot of different ways to do this. Um, some of the methods that are used, uh, for example, in golf, um, and in a lot, a lot of other sports are sort of point based methods. You get points for maybe winning event or for beating a certain tier of player or something like that. And you accumulate points by playing and doing well at these events. Person with the highest points is ranked the best, or maybe you take an average and drop some events or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other methods out there, though, that are used for um, other games and other sports. Uh, the one that we settled on, um, and it's not a- exactly what we're doing, but is it's called the ELO method. Um, it was invented for chess. Um, and the essential idea behind it is each player maintains an internal rating, um, not the PDGA rating, but something totally separate. Um, And as they play games, as they play events, their rating goes up or down depending on how they perform in those events. So if they outperform expectations, their rating goes up. If they underperform, their rating goes down. And the amount that their rating goes up or down is proportional to how far they outperform or underperform expectations. So if you go play a chess match against somebody who's way worse than you and you crush them, then sure, you, you get some points, but barely any. Um, but if you have if you score a great upset against the best chess player in the world, uh then your rating goes up by quite a bit um, so that's the basis behind our system and it's not exactly the same Elo system as chess the The problem there is Elo for chess is developed specifically for two player games, one versus one, mm-hmm. and disc golf obviously is a mini versus mini game um so we kind of reinvented that algorithm from the ground up to accommodate for. Uh, the many versus many um scenario uh but it's the same idea if you if you finish better than your expectation then your rating goes up proportional to how much better you uh you finish
1: okay so at this point in the development of this because it's fairly new it it seems pretty subjective because yeah we have stats but the reality is, I feel like at this point we're saying, did they perform better? Did they not? What are we basing that off of right now? Because are we developing that? Are we tracking it? Is it going to keep getting better? Is right now, would you say, what would you grade right now as performance? Like, how is it playing out? Do you think it's accurate right now?
3: Right. So, so the metric that we base um, strength of field or, or performance or expected finish on is the system itself. So the way that it works is uh, we go back in time uh, for a while, and and we pretend that everybody's exactly the same, and then we run this algorithm uh, against all of the events that have been played, and people kind of filter out uh, into their into their places. So um, if somebody just goes on a goes on a tear and wins 10, 10 events in a row, they're going to rise up. Their rating is going to go up, and therefore they're going to be considered a better player. So it's all this this internal Uh, measurement uh, the system playing against itself Hmm. so right uh, one of your questions was about strength of field Um, at the moment we don't have a way to put just a number on the strength of field for a particular tournament Um, that's something that that we've been thinking about developing and trying to develop um, which would be great to see like you know if we could compare silver series versus elite series and say, well, this event, even though it was a silver series, it had a stronger feel than this, this elite series or something like that.
1: Yeah. Nick, you're, you're, I cut you off earlier. You, you don't have a lot to say about stats. Usually do you have a question? No. On that?
2: So that's, I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I kind of had a lot of questions for Eagle in our interview and that's why I'm more than fine. Matt's at. Graham is more the stat guy when it comes to both him and I. And so I'm more just here okay. soaking it in the information, just how it's all built. But I, w- I was just going to say, we did find out recently that Eagle jumped up into that number one spot. And, uh, our stat guys from Statmando Mando, they always give us, you know, some show notes and they had him at number two. So it must've been <laughs> just some point, some point today that, um, the flip flop yep. happened. So yeah, yeah so cool. we update
3: rankings uh, as soon as every event is completed. I think there were some uh, scorecards getting verified a little bit late after deglow, so uh, we upgraded them or we updated them uh, kind of Sunday evening, Sunday night. Nice, very cool,
1: awesome. Yep. So my brain's going through all these things because I've talked to multiple ranking system developers. Let's say and i've had hours of conversations relating to all the variables i mean and you're a you have a phd in data science is that correct uh phd in math in math Here, here's the thing i i have no chance like I, that's not me but i like to think and i have a few questions on this like i'm sure you have something planned in there for like anomalies right paul Macbeth hurts his ankle but he decides to play it out like does somebody get a million points for beating him? you know
3: yeah, yeah, good question. So, um, a couple, a couple points on that. Um, first of all, if he does break his ankle and decide to keep playing, um, then yes, anybody that beats him is going to get a boost. Um, however, there are a couple things mitigating that. Um, one of them is um, the underlying probability distribution for for what we say is player skill, um, which is kind of a nebulous term, uh, but um, we assume that. That probability distribution is skew right. And what that means is uh, we expect that underperformances are going to be more common than overperformances. It's it's really hard to win a disc golf tournament. Uh, it's a lot more common to play a little bit under uh, your expectation than it is than it is to play over your expectation. So that's we're already assuming that as an underlying an under, underlying thing in the system. Um, and that, what that means is if Paul does tank a tournament, maybe it's because he broke his ankle. Maybe it's because he's just feeling bad that day for whatever reason. Um, he's not going to drop in the rankings nearly as much as somebody might be able to shoot up if, uh, if they score an incredible upset. Um, another thing that's, that's mitigating this, and and this just kind of comes out of the math, um, is, um, let's say it's, Paul and Eagle at the top and everybody else in the tournament is, is kind of lower tier. It's Paul and Eagle, basically, in the tournament, and everybody else is a little bit worse. Um, if it's just Paul and Eagle at the, in the end, Eagle wins, Paul gets second, then Eagle is going to get a bigger boost than if Paul tanked the tournament and came in 50th. Um, somehow it comes out of the math that um, it, it kind of detects these tankings eagle eagle isn't going to get nearly as favorable of an update if paul just paul just tanks and and does really Mm -hmm. poorly as as if they uh were neck and neck
1: yeah so there's a lot of questions coming in the chat here i want to try to cover as much as we can in the short time that we have with you guys um so i want to get this one out of the way it's been out there it's been all over the internet People did laugh emojis. Are you kidding me? Now, granted, people do that about our show, too. Okay, so <laughs> we, we, it's like it's, it happens to everybody, right? So Kristen, uh, Evelina Salonen, how in the world is she ranked number one? Now, before you answer that, my perspective is that she could be. She could be. But I personally feel like, and I would love for you to, you know, give your side of it. She could be, but I don't know that we have enough information to say she's better than Paige Pierce in the world right now. she could be yep. <laughs> so what do you think?
3: yeah, yeah, I mean, we kind of have a similar perspective we We definitely think it's uh, it's feasible for her to be number one. Um, the algorithm puts her at number one we're not you know we're not putting her there <laughs> by hand um, uh, a little bit of a disclaimer, um, you know obviously u s and European players, with a few exceptions, have not been playing against each other so um we we don't know for certain we we do have a little bit of uncertainty in our system um, uh when it comes to European versus uh u s players um that being said, said, we do think it's in within the realm of possibility uh for example, uh, you know we've seen this question a lot too, and so we looked it up, but uh Evelina has won the last 6 qualifying events that she's played, qualifying events as in the events that we take into account in our system. Um this includes her last US event. Uh she hasn't missed a top 5 finish since 2019 Vegas and she hasn't missed a top 10 ever in qualifying events. So she's she's a very good player, she has been yeah. for a while. Yeah, and I yeah, like you said, I I think it's within the realm of possibility. We don't really know. I don't think anybody can know, but but certainly it's close. Um, one of the cool things that we put out with our ranking system is this player comparison tool. I don't know if you've had a chance to play around with that, but a little um, bit. if you go to, yeah, sweet. So if you go to our, uh, our, our landing page for the rankings website, you can just click on two players. Um, and t- internally in our system, um, we are able to uh, say what we think, or what the system thinks, is the probability of either player winning. So, if you click on Page versus Evelina right now, it is extremely close. I think it's something like the low 50s in favor of Evelina. So it's it's neck and neck. Uh, mm-hmm. Any event could could change that matchup. I would say.
2: Yeah, I think especially that's that's the matchup that we kind of want to see all year right now And I I was kind of like, you know, a lot of people I think in the world who use the UDIS app was kind of like Okay, how can we really tell that Evelina is number one in the world? But I guess if it goes off of those qualifying events that you're talking about and then the setup She's never missed a top ten at any of the qualifying events or she's been top five in a large large majority of them I mean, that's pretty insane in and of itself and she has come over to the US She has won tournaments here in the US so I mean I think Needless to say, we're all looking forward for her to come back and to be able to uh, battle with Paige, Katrina, Kristen again at these events. Absolutely. Um, So other questions that
1: I have. (laughs) Is there any opportunity? Because I think there's always, I've talked about this on other shows, other people, there's always the opportunity to do the eye test. And so like what I see happening makes me shake my head and go, I can't, I can't have a ranking system put Evelina there. It could, but like based off of everything I've seen this year, like I can't do that. And is there a way to put in there? And I'm just picking on them because I feel like that's one of the more standout opportunities to pick on right now. Again, Evelina, I I, I love her. Like she's awesome. She's a great disc golfer. I think she could be. Just for sake of conversation, is there any way to incorporate into your ranking system as a math guy the eye test where you have a select. 20, 30, 40, 50 people inside the Udisc fold who can give a vote, thumbs up or thumbs down on something. And it gives it just a percentage tick, add it into your math algorithm and says enough people feel like that's not right. We're going to bump it down. Is there anything like that?
3: It, uh, we certainly could do it. Uh, I don't think it's something that we want to do it. We want, we want to keep this completely unbiased. You know, we all have favorites and we all have people we're rooting for all the time. So you know, as soon as we introduce humans into the equation, well, other than the humans that are playing disc golf, um, you know, it, it kind of undermines the validity of, of what we're doing. That's my opinion, at least. Okay. Yeah, I, I, w- I would completely
2: agree with that. It's kind of like you're letting the math actually make the decision rather than the biasness like you were talking about. So, yeah, don't don't allow a thumb ticker of an up or down. <laughs> don't do but,
1: it. But Nick, <laughs> now I'm going to debate Nick just for a minute here. Who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Now, don't answer that because that's a conversation that will go on forever, according to most people. Yeah. If you look at the math, people will say it's one way. If you look at the play and people who are around back then will say it's another way. My point is, a ranking system, you're probably right, obviously, Duca. This is what you do. You probably need it to be not biased at all, just strictly numbers. But And maybe that's fine. Maybe that's just where, how ranking systems will be, of course. Um, But let me ask this. If I go out and win, let's go back to scenario. I'm just giving you all the hypotheticals. (laughs) We go out and I play, and I'm just going to pick on Paul McBeth again. Sorry, Paul. His ankle flares up again. And I happen to go out there and beat him. Do I, as a first, I got on the pro tour, the first event I've ever played, I beat him. Do I get a phenomenal ranking all of a sudden? For one event?
3: Good question. Yeah, so your initial... Uh, dominance index is that is the term that we've been using um, is going to probably shoot up immediately right away by the way if you're on the pro tour you're not only playing against Paul you're playing against everybody else mm-hmm. so if you're beating Paul because his ankle flares up that probably me- means he's he's coming in a very low position and you beating him maybe means you're coming in one better than him or or maybe not maybe you win the mm-hmm. win the tournament um, it could totally happen so um, we want, one thing that we wanted to do is we wanted to separate out uh, the math aspect from the qualifying aspect. So we have kind of a totally separate system which determines whether you appear on the rankings list. So if you go out and play a single Pro Tour event, that's not going to get you on the list. It's going to get you an internal rating, this dominance index, but you're not going to appear on our website yet. Um, so the way that we're doing that separate system is basically, we're figuring out who the 200 most touring players are, who are the people who are playing the most qualifying events. Um, and you know, there's a separate formula for this, and we give some grace points for various things. Um, but essentially, we're just trying to figure out who's playing the most. Those are the people who should make the list. So if you play a single event, you're not getting on yet.
2: I'll tell you this, Matt. I am on the list. Oh, I don't know if you know that. Oh, I think I do. <laughs> so where good, are you? Good. Where are you at, Nick? Come on. 113.
1: 113.
2: Yep. All right. But I'm actually really excited about that because I am playing the MVP Open and the GMC, which are both <laughs> tournaments that I'm absolutely obsessed with. So hopefully I'll see that pop that top 100 that's kind of now a personal goal of mine so thank you
3: (laughs) perfect sweet i hope you make it (laughs) thank you
1: all right just a very few more questions here um i see on the chat i think a question about the strength of the event if you win worlds are you ranking majors higher than you are disc golf pro tours does an a tier count um and what if it's only an a tier and again, I don't know what your criteria is, but what if it's only an A tier, but it is like a long standing, let's just say something crazy happens. USDGC gets knocked down. It's not a major anymore. Um, do we still hold that event? Like is, would there be a, again, would there be a decision board or a committee that's like, yeah, we got to keep this event, you know, like what, what's, how does that work for strength of event?
3: Yeah, good question. So, um, I'll give you the list. So the list of events that we include are majors. Uh, Pro Tour Elite and Silver Series, National Tours, uh, Euro Tours, Uh, Euro Tour has been canceled for last year and this year, but um, that's on our list. Uh, The Prodigy Disc Pro Tour events, uh, the European Disc Golf Championships, and the Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship, which I believe is starting this year. So that's our list of events, A-Tiers, if it's just an A-Tier and nothing else, if it's not on one of those qualifying tours, then then we don't count those. it's a good question about, you know, if a long-standing Pro Tour or Silver Series or whatever, or national tour event gets knocked down to an A tier, will we include it? Um, I'd say we'd have to handle that on a case-by-case basis, but probably no. We want we want to make as few modifications as we can, again, partly to keep the bias out of things. We want we want this mm-hmm. to be a totally data-driven process. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. So, so your other question was about waiting. Are we waiting majors more um, than silver series, for example? Um, and there are two sides of that. One side is for this: can you make the list? Can you make it on the page? Um, on that side of the equation, yes, we wait. Uh, we wait majors as as worth two regular events, basically. Uh, most events are worth one, and silver series are worth a half. Um, that's just to get you on the list. So if you play a silver series, you get a half point towards getting on the list. Uh, it has nothing to do with strength of field or uh, what we think is your skill level, uh, your dominance index. So the other side of the equation is is exactly that, your dominance index, your your our estimate of your skill level. Um, in that case, we don't wait by tier at all, uh, we just have this internal system so this the system knows who's there who's playing an event and it has an opinion of how skilled they are um so you know it it has sort of an internal measure of how strong the field is uh, for example most silver series will be missing some of the best players in the world some of the top five many of the top five or top ten um, whereas most of the elite series will have a lot more of them and the system will We'll recognize that if you win an elite series, your ranking is going to be more favorable than if you win a silver series. It's going to go up either way. That's one of the things mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure of. If you win an event, you're not losing <laughs> losing dominance index. You're always going to go mm-hmm. up if you win. But it's going to go up more against uh, a better field as determined by the system itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the strokes, does the dominance of your win have anything to do with it? In a sense of like, if you if Eagle goes and plays an event against all the best players in the world, if he wins it by one, is it the same as if he won it by seven?
3: Does no. that have,
2: okay. Okay. Great cool. question. So yep. Just, Stro-
3: strokes are completely out. Um, that's cool. another thing that we wanted to make sure of from the get go. Um, you know, if you win by 10 strokes or you win by one stroke, your payout's the same, your trophy is the same size. <laughs>
2: cool. You, know, yeah,
3: yeah. nope, you, you want to really be close. able to lay, lay up with a two stroke lead and tap in your putt instead of trying to run it from 40 feet.
2: Nice. And so that's the cool thing about you guys' ranking system versus the rating system in disc golf, because that one layup that that person potentially does on 18 can cost that's them an eight and a half point rating exactly. you know, per stroke. And so I like that. It's very structured. And it seems like that. Do you, I guess my question would be, have you, obviously this is an improvement and you're improving on it every single day. Have you found there to be any flaws in it yet? That is something that you really do want to improve on.
3: Good question. Um, with the system itself, um, I'd say the only the only major, well, potential flaw, I guess, is is the European versus U.S. U.S. thing. Again, we're we're not one hundred percent certain of that about that, though. We think it's feasible. So um, the the good thing is, once U.S. and European players start playing against each other more, the system is going to self-correct. So um, we think it's good right now. Once competition is back on, then then it's going to self-correct. Um, if we do see any, you know, any other flaws pop up, then we're definitely going to be taking a look at them. If we want to make this the best, the best thing out there, just like everything we do. So, um, yeah, we're going to be monitoring, uh, this thing closely. Um, we keep an eye on its accuracy. Um, how good is is it at, um, at getting head to head matchups, correct? How good is it at predicting the top five finishers, even the winner of an event, uh, top 10 finishers, all of that stuff.
1: the chat goes, I'm a little bit worried about how they're talking. Like the math behind this is alive. (laughs) And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, this sounds a lot like, could it become, and do you have, is there an artificial intelligence at all behind this, where it is going to learn and get better? Or is it purely driven by you analyzing and saying, okay, let me make the math better?
3: Yep, It's just going to be purely driven by, by that. You can actually see the formula. We published the formula in one of our blog posts. I think there's a link from, from the landing page. Um, but you can go look at that formula yourself. Okay. And cool. then so
2: one day you, this rankings aren't going to try to take over the world and artificial <laughs> intelligence attack. Like
3: that. it'll be a while. I, I, I think Tesla's going to beat us to that.
2: Yeah. So.
1: They've, they've done some pretty cool stuff. Um, I keep saying final question, but maybe this is, and I'll let Nick have one if he has one
2: is there I have one more I, I
1: thought the way nick nick fantastic you've all nick has fantastic questions everyone give him a round of applause nick has good questions Yeah,
4: for real um i love i love the flaw question too yeah
2: that was like <laughs> i just thought about i, I want to
4: see the amazing. negatives
2: and everything this is way beyond <laughs> this is way beyond my realm of understanding of like what you guys do with everything so i'm like okay what's a flaw that i can attack them on <laughs> and of course literally the only thing is women or the europeans aren't competing against the americans all the time yet and so i mean right. you guys yeah. are doing incredible so matt go ahead yeah
1: and so my questions paled and compared i was like yeah that was awesome so but here's here's a thought you're strictly basing rankings off of performance over competitors there's no element is there an element to make a player worth more to beat okay so like um you talked about yes like if they're performing better it makes them worth more but is there any performance to like hey this player I'm trying to think how to say this they're scrambling really good they're putting really good they're if they were doing that though I'm I'm playing this question out as I talk if they're doing that then they're they're obviously performing and finishing better as well so maybe that was a stupid question there's no element of like how their stats are playing out giving them strength right
3: right I see what you mean and and the answer is no it's based purely on finishing position okay cool yeah I guess,
2: I guess my final question will be, it's off the topics of your ranking system. I'm more curious now because there in a sense is similarities and we brought this up as the actual PDGA ratings. Have you taken a look and kind of like dove down into how those work? And do you feel that as like, a lot of people consider that a very flawed process, especially in the professional scene of disc golf. Is there
3: something that like, do you you ever kind of like take a look at those? Yeah, good question. So our perspective about PDGA ratings is um, that they're, they're actually very good at what they were designed to do, which is to separate people into into divisions, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're very good at at sort of the middle tier of player, the recreational player, you know, the player who's going out and playing all of their local events. Um, And and they do a pretty good job at saying, yeah, you should be playing in the open division. Yeah, you should be Mm -hmm. playing in the advanced division. Um, it starts to get a little bit fuzzy at the very top. And that's exactly where uh, we wanted to fill this gap. We wanted we wanted to rank the best players in our sport.
2: Cool. And then I, I'll kind of follow it up with this. Why do you think it's taken so long for a solid ranking system to kind of come out in disc golf? Do you feel like other people don't consider that kind of a necessity when a lot, I think of the outside world would consider that
3: necessity? You know, what are your takes on that? Yeah, that's that's a good question too. Um, for me, I suppose there are, you know there are a lot of ways that uh, disc golf uh, has matured recently as as a sport, and there are a lot of ways that it still has to mature recently as a sport or uh, upcoming as a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think you know a world ranking system is is just one small piece of the puzzle um it's just one step uh towards getting disc golf more legitimized and and you know into the public sphere absolutely are you
1: gonna start betting on players
3: (laughs) i feel like i'd have an unfair advantage (laughs) (laughs) that's good though i mean as long as it's legal
2: (laughs) i'll be i'll be calling you with yo who do i bet on this week like what's up
3: there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, could you guys, uh, like, you, maybe you haven't thought down this road, like get incorporated with, like, FanDuel or anything else like that. Like, hey, this is what UDisc puts odds on favor. Like, this is how it's maybe going to play out or the percentages. Like, have you thought, like, people might reach out to you soon?
3: Uh, maybe this is a question for Matt. Yeah,
1: Matt,
4: what do you think? i mean we've thought of a lot of things but i think our focus right now is to give fans the best experience possible and and you guys kind of hit it in the last point where you said that um why hasn't there been a better ranking system or just a more you know thorough ranking system up to this point point? and it's really just comes down to people that are focused solely on solving this problem i think we're kind of finally getting to the point in disc golf where at least, you know, us as UDisc, we've been solving a lot of problems in disc golf for many years now. And we're kind of at the point where we're trying to think, like, what is the thing that enhances the fan experience? What is the thing that will allow people to get more enjoyment out of disc golf? And what legitimizes the sport? And when you compare disc golf to traditional golf or to basketball or football or something, you know, what are the things that people really enjoy um, when they're trying to follow, you know, competitively and, and try to analyze the game? And, the world rankings are just one of those big things that I think, you know, needed to happen. And and like duke said, and you guys hit on like so many of the points there, like that, you know, at the top end of the most competitive side of the sport, there were some trade-offs with um, sort of previous systems that are out there. Like if you lay up on the last hole, that's really a big one. Um, if you lay up on the last hole, you could get penalized. And now we don't care about that. We're just saying, nope, you still won. Your ranking goes up. Um, and to me, that's that's a really good, I think that's a really good fix, um, if you can call it a fix. It's just a really good way to align incentives between what the players are trying to do, and you know what the system is trying to tell us about what they just did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that exactly answers the question, but I think that um, you know there's a lot there's a lot happening, and and the the main thing to us right now is like we want everybody to enjoy disc golf more, and as there's so many new people that are coming into the sport. We want them to come to disc golf and see all the stuff we're putting out there and immediately be like, yep, you know, this is a real sport. This is something I can get behind. I want to go play more. I want to go pay, you know, 50, 70, 80 bucks to go to a big tournament for the whole weekend and spectate and that to become sort of a normal thing because that is what is going to make the sport just bigger and better. Um, and, and who knows what the future will be, but I think we're all very excited to just see the influx of people and just, you know, everybody looking to disc golf now is like, know this this real legitimate thing that people do that isn't you know there's connotations and just things in the past disc golf was always sort of you always had to explain to people what you're doing like Mm -hmm. i play disc golf what is that and now it's i play disc golf oh i saw that in espn the other day or oh you know i heard about that that holy shot or whatever it ends up being you know like there's all these big events that are just kind of culminating in just you know putting this kind of laser focus on the sport and the more that we can do to help people get a better experience the happier we're going to be. And I think the better off we're all going to be in the end. Wow. Yeah.
2: And it's thanks to people like you guys, companies like yourself that are pushing the sport forward and trying to find the best possible way to make what you do better. And to also help, like I just said, grow the sport in that direction. Uh, it's very, very cool to see what you're doing with Udisc. And, you know, I guess mine will just be, thank you so much for coming on. I, I'm not a stats guy whatsoever, but it was a very <laughs> interesting topic to I actually hear how these world rankings are because it is the probably most professional world rankings that we have in the sport and it's cool to kind of see the underlying factors that contribute to that
1: yeah i think it's going to be fun to compare ranking systems to each other because here's the reality we're sports talk i don't ever see nick and i looking at a ranking system and going yep that's number one we're done like it's not mm-hmm. going to happen but It gives more fuel to the fire to make your arguments. And I think that's something that's tremendous for the sport. Awesome. Uh, And sending you off, Matt, I've known you for a long time. We used to talk every now and then. Before you had a kid, you were working hard hundreds of hours a week, (laughs) if that's even a thing. (laughs) You have a kid, uh, almost a year and a half or so. And are you still working 100 hours a week? or Have you been able to hire people to help you get back to a more normalcy?
4: Our team has has definitely grown a bit um, over the last year and a half, which has been great. Because, like you said, I have I have a 15 month old uh, son mm-hmm. now named Milo, who is uh, he deserves my time. So I have found ways to not quite work as much as I used to. And um, while I'm on the subject, I need to give a huge shout out to just the whole team. It's been incredible to build the team of people that are so passionate about the sport and that have you know given up. Um, other jobs in other fields to to work in disc golf full-time and to just bring everything you know to a higher and more professional level and and duca is just a great example of some of the amazing things i think that the team is going to be able to do and has already done um just what a great addition to the team to have somebody so passionate who wants to you know solve these problems um, and really put you know a, a full-time focus on it that's that's really what it takes to to bring the sport to the next level i think um mm-hmm we're just we're really really happy and fortunate to be in this position and and we really thank everybody who has helped us get here and continues to support us because really in the end we want to put out the best thing that we possibly can because we are disc golfers and everybody that works at uDisc is a disc golfer and we're all catching rounds you know in the middle of the week because that's that's something that we want to do Um, and it helps reinforce sort of our love for you know work if you can call it work Mm -hmm. um it's still, it's still, we're still doing a lot of hard stuff and putting in many hours, but at the same time, um, you know, watching the reward of our friends, enjoying stuff and, and the world and the disc golf world growing, it's just, it's incredible. There's just nothing that any of us would rather be doing. Hopefully I can speak on behalf of everybody on the team, but I think that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty much true. Uh, I think we've, we've hired everybody with that same mindset.
1: Awesome. And cool. sending you off is cryptocurrency payouts going to be a thing through you discover. No, yes, no. Just a simple, no. All right, cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> I just I think that uh, we're, we're focused on other things. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> Awesome. Everyone cool. wants to know what the Very discs cool. are
1: behind you, but I think we'll just let them bombard you in messages to find out what they are. Um, all right. We're going to send you guys off. I think if Duca, if you're up to it sometime, we'll have you back on the show when the rankings change drastically, where it's like, wow, that was a big shift. We'll have you on to be the specialist mm-hmm. to talk about it, if you don't mind. I'd love to. All right. Cool. We'll plan it up sometime. Thank you guys so much for coming cool. on. Have a good evening and we'll catch you another time. Hopefully on the course somewhere.
4: <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. All
1: right. Peace. See you later. Peace. All right, everybody. That was Matt Kruger and Duca bursna Uh mm-hmm. Nick, that's two weeks in a row of stats talk. Are you burnt out
2: yet? Dude, I'm I mean, not going to lie. I'm kind of loving it. I think the more and more that I get involved in disc golf and the more and more that I get involved in what we do in a podcast and what I do as a player, statistics are a pretty cool thing. I would never be someone who wants to sit down, dive in and figure out all the kind of like behind the scenes part of the statistics, but to have legitimate systems come out and to have legitimate systems that allow us to see everything that is going on now, I think is super awesome. I thought it was great that Eagle proved us to, or, you know, had to tell us straight that look, he is ranked number one in the world now. I didn't get to check the Udis rankings today, and I thought that was a pretty cool thing. So I actually and that's funny you say that. I liked the
1: way that played out where Eagle got to tell us, actually, guys. <laughs> that's
2: that's happened before too. Uh I forget who it was in an interview, but I they were like no, it. no, no. Actually I am the person and uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, remember I that remember time reading, No, remember yeah, that remember time we for like 2 weeks. Yeah, remember for like 2 weeks we were saying Ricky was ice rated when Eagle actually was and we're we're bad at our jobs, matt I don't know what's we going
1: on. We actually introduced Ricky as the highest rated player. yeah And the best part about he, it, dude, he didn't even correct us. He didn't even correct us. Yeah,
2: exactly. He's so like, thank you. His thank you very than much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so <clears throat> Generally, that's what we had to talk about tonight as the concurrent viewers start to drop. No, I'm kidding. They're not. They're actually, they enjoyed that talk a lot. But right now, Paul Macbeth is ranked second in the world, according to Mm UDisc. And it's just, I brought up the eye test, Nick. And that's because we talk about disc golf. We don't go, oh, what does the math tell us? Right? Mm -hmm. What does the math tell us? Okay, there's going to be people like that comment if you're that person you like that you're like if the math says it that's it it's done or if you're like no like i brought it up the eye test like there's always going to be that factor of like so on paper it says this but when i watch and at this event okay for instance like i don't know pick some big event usdgc or worlds like does James Conrad, he got it, because it's a major, he did get a boost, and they don't want to overinflate him. I get all the math. Mm-hmm. But the eye test sometimes just tells you, man, he's a better player than this ranking. And I guess that's debatable, and that's why they don't want to do that. We can, mm-hmm. de- we can debate it, you and me, and uh, we can leave the actual math to the people who want to make their. rankings. I wanted
2: to ask them. I totally forgot. I wanted to see what their biased opinions were on who they thought should be like the top three i'm curious if (laughs) yeah you know they thought hey are you know the one two three that they have mathematically correct is their personal one two three like who you know i guess you and i can talk about it really quick but like matt who do you think is the one two three in the world right now um
1: ranking yeah i mean i feel like it's fair i actually feel like it's pretty fair with eagle winning with Eagle mm-hmm. just winning at D-Glow, I think it's right. Mm-hmm. I think before that, it would have been arguable between Paul and Ricky. But then, see, Paul had the, the, yeah. the almost win at Worlds, which was pretty yeah. over Ricky. So, like, I think yeah. their top three, I think their top three are accurate, actually, in the order. So, like, good job to yeah. them. When you go over to the FPO, no, though, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. that's where... The FPO gets a little stuck right now um, in the sense of the Evelina and the page battle going on. Um, I definitely will agree with you on that. It is cool to see, though, if you look up Evelina stats, she's like five for five on the year tournament wise. Like she's playing incredible. But at the same time, you can argue that maybe her only competition is henna. And that's where it kind of. But. This is mm-hmm. where the
1: math comes in and this is I'm starting to like see how they could possibly get to the place they are. Like it's mm-hmm. not out of this world. It's they're looking at well we have enough information on players to be able to determine like how good they are. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so obvious. But like so the players that Evelina is beating, okay? The players that Evelina is beating, they can say well she's beating them by this much. Yeah. Not not strokes necessarily, but Placement finish, I'm saying. Yep. Placement finish. Yep. She's beating them better placement finishes by this much, which when math all works out and they have all their formulas and algorithms, mm-hmm. starts to say, Well, that win over that field, and she's done it a number of amount of times, equals to not just the amount of wins and not just first place finishes, but over the field and mm-hmm. strength of field, it equals to, or better than Paige Pierce doing it over here with this competition. Yeah. I so just I, personally yep. do not, it's like a, it's like a title weight fight or a title match fight where this guy says he's the best. This guy says he's the best ranking systems might have a dead heat. Just about let's have them go head to head. That's what I want to know. You know, that's what I want to see.
2: And that's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It, it eventually will happen. There's no doubt about that. I, I'm kind of looking at Evelina's stats really quick and you know, to start out the year, her first tournament, she won by four strokes, second tournament, five strokes third tournament, eight strokes, fourth tournament, eight strokes. So she is dominating, but
1: that doesn't factor into their rankings.
2: No, 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 no. I get, I get that. I'm just saying when we're talking about our own personal, yeah, like kind of biasness, like I look at Evelina's stats this year and I'm like, wow, those are actually pretty insane. She's averaging above her rating at a majority of her events. She's playing under par at a majority of her events. And so I can look at it and say, look, she, from what I've seen in the past and what I'm kind of seeing this year is she does deserve to have that one through three spot you can I like for me personally i cannot give her the number one because i haven't seen her compete against the pages the christens the katrinas the haley's you know this year whether it was on european soil or on american soil either or so it's kind of tough too but then at the same time you look at that and you say look page is having a great season and she might be ranked number one at one point but like she hasn't beaten evelina yet so here's the the fpo side it's definitely skewed it's kind of like an asterisk i would say it right now like is the number one the math is saying how udisc is doing the math legitimate she is the number one player i and as i
1: said leading into that conversation we've got european listeners over there Mm -hmm. no disrespect I think the competition that Evelina brings is amazing. I've watched, I've actually uh, filmed her. I have filmed her catch cam, catching her disc coming in. I know how excellent of a player she is. I just think it's very hard, even for math. This will be my final thing. To say that somebody is better than the other person when there are so many variables, including in the last year, no head-to-heads. If Mm -hmm. Evelina came over and didn't beat Paige, would I automatically say that Paige was better? Not right away. I would say, let's Mm -hmm. play it out through the season. If Evelina could play out a full season over here, or Paige could go over to Europe and play out a full season. That's when Mm -hmm. I would say, and again, I'm basing it off of the eye test, the field test. What does it look like? I -hmm. I think I need more time to see them going, as I I would say, head to head. I think math can get (laughs) as close, but I don't think it's close enough where I feel comfortable saying for sure. And I bet you... I bet you, and this is my last sentence, if Evelina was asked the question, is she the best ranked player in the world? She'd say, you just says so. I don't think she would say for sure that she feels that way. But maybe we should have her on.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of looking just quickly at more of a head-to-head style between Paige and Evelina. And this is dating back to 2020. They played in two different pro tour events against each other, that being Memorial. Paige Pierce took it down, actually beating Evelina by 22 strokes at that event. But then Evelina... Uh, A few weeks afterwards, taking down the Waco annual charity open and beating Paige Pierce by 13 strokes. So I guess it's kind of like they're both incredible players. We haven't seen enough of them battling each other. So that's what I'm going to, in the future, is what I'm I'm excited to see. I'm
1: calling out the chat and I don't do this and it usually ends the show on a sour note, but here we go. People, I'm not even saying I've I've used Page a lot here, but let's look. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the FPO rankings. I'm not even saying that Page has to be the number one. Um, I know Evelina wasn't here for Worlds, but Kristen was, Page was, mm-hmm. Haley was, uh, all the top names, and who won it? Who won it? It was Katrina Allen. Katrina Allen. Okay, and Katrina Allen has had a pretty good year. Um, mm-hmm. did did Kristen just beat Katrina Allen at Deglow? Yes. But did it has Katrina beat out Kristen. And, and my point is, we don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little worked up. You don't up. know me. You, you cannot yeah. for sure. You've, you've got other players over there. We're just saying Evelina. What about Henna? Yeah. What about the other yep. names that I don't know? Kristen came over here. I'd love to see everybody come over here. I think the yeah. FPO is an amazing place right now. Amazing. Yeah. What you're Agreed. hearing from me is the excitement that we can actually talk about and debate this has not happened in years. Who the best FPO player in the world is? What an awesome conversation. I love yeah. the European disc golf. I've been invited over there and I would love to go. I got to figure out how to let my wife <laughs> and kids let me yeah, go no, over right. and watch it yeah. and play it. It's such an epic scene over there. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I, that's how I yeah. feel about it, really. I'm really excited. It's, it's a tremendous... Right now, it's a tremendous I FPO. I mean, if
2: you... If you look at Paige versus Kristen Tatar this year, I think they're both two and two against each other. Obviously, Katrina winning Worlds. Uh, Let's see. Uh, And then actually, it's two against one because she had placed Kristen, had placed better than Katrina at the Des Moines Challenge. Katrina beat uh, Kristen, obviously, at Worlds, but then Kristen just taking D Glow. So it's two to one right now in Kristen's favor if you're talking the head-to-head battles um, against Katrina Allen this year. But obviously that you know it's I think that's <laughs> one of the reasons why Kristen just jumped up into third place in the world rankings. So, but they both have a lot of room to go against. I mean they actually do have a point structure on here, and I mean Paige has Kristen by 22 points. So we'll see how the rest of these tournaments go. I'm I'm very curious to see. We've obviously we saw the power of Kristen at a uh, CCR open and then also uh, Great Lakes open. Let me ask and you a question. Also, yeah.
1: And, and just honest response. Um, <laughs> if Paige do you feel like Paige is I'm trying to get it out. Do you feel like Paige is playing to her potential that we've seen before? Like is she playing her best? Do you feel like she's playing no. her best?
2: Okay. Now, um, so I would need to watch coverage a little bit more, but, but no, recently I do not feel like she's playing her best. I actually felt like at Worlds she was playing very well. Um, granted, obviously that last hole was kind of like, you know, that, that was a shot that we would think we would see Paige make 99 out of a hundred times, maybe even a hundred out of a hundred times. If it's not throwing that shot, laying it up for a world title. So that's where it's kind of like, are we taking that into account at this point? Like, or, you know? This is why I wanted to ask you the question Mm
1: -hmm. because I could actually be swayed. And again, I'm willing to look at math and see it, but I don't feel like that's the end all. Mm -hmm. I think we could ask Is Evelina playing to her potential? Like, her full potential? Is she going to keep getting better? Now, Mm -hmm. that can happen. So I guess my point is this recency bias is definitely a thing. And even in the math, I don't know if you'd call it a bias. I don't know if you'd call it a bias when you're involving math, but here's the deal. As of late has Paige been playing her best? No, I don't think she should be number one. Do I think she could be the best in the world? If she played her full potential based off of her natural talent, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what? You're seeing me swing just a little bit the other way here going. Yeah, she has, she has not been playing her best. That's why I'll say it one more time. The fact
2: that we're having this debate is amazing. It's good. I love it. It's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, because you, you can have the debate. <laughs> Same thing in the NPO side. You can have the debate. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. It's definitely, it's good for the sport. It's good to not see one solid person dominating each, their respected fields. Um, kind of like hinting back just really quick on Kristen. That's three wins for her in the month of July. So, I mean, that's confidence going into the preserve. I'm curious to see how this weekend's going to play out. I mean, looks like every single top player is going to be at this. It's another Pro Tour event. I think we had like four Pro Tour events, four weeks in a row: being Great Lakes Open that just happened, Preserve, Ledgestone, and then Idlewild, and then a couple weeks off, and then we have MVP and GMC. So I mean, we're we're hitting a very very solid part of the season. And now that these rankings are out, hey, give us some comments. Hit us up on Instagram. Tell us who do you think in the next month. <laughs> let's say after these four events, who do you guys think is going to be the number one player in their respective division? You know?
1: It's, it's really good that we're talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. One last comment to the chat, just because Daniel's here every week. Shout out to Daniel in the live chat. He said, Matt, Paige averaged above her rating this weekend and still lost. But I, there's, two, there's two takeaways to that. That's, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a actually a fantastic point. But when you look at it, and I'm going to break it down a little bit, Paige, performed so poorly at the beginning of the year, not up to her standards. She had weird things going on in her mind. Nobody would say that was page quality. She had a round rated like nine ten, So her rating dropped significantly. She she had a higher rating, player rating than this at one point this year. So to say Mm -hmm. that she played higher than a rating, I don't know if she actually played better than her potential that she had been previous to the season. My point is, again, I want to see head-to-head This is a good place we're at. I want to see Evelina come over. I want to see Paige. I want to see the full field. And I want to see it for more than one event. Mm -hmm. Because that's what is going to help make the decision there. And honestly, the rankings would show that too. So right now, you're going to hear it from me as we sign out. I give Evelina the nod. Congratulations on the world ranking number one. I think it's so debatable. But she has it. Congratulations to her. As Mm -hmm. I said, one day I hope to make it to Europe. I want to play disc golf in Europe. Shout out to Europe. <laughs> All right. So Absolutely. Nick, we made it to the end of the show.
2: We did. I guess we'll uh, send it <laughs> off here. Everybody. We really, really appreciate you coming into week 53. I'm excited for a week 54. We got another big tournament coming up. Hopefully we get some good players. I'm going to keep working on getting some European interviews going so that we can have this for, I know a lot of people have been asking, uh, I want to give a shout out to manscaped and also uh, botanicals, the, CBD company, the Disc Golf Pro Tour CBD company as well for sponsoring and giving us some ads and, you know, just supporting the Nick and Matt show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, go ahead to foundationdisc.com. You can pick up one of these hats. They have them in blue, black, or white. You can also check out if you want. Support us by buying a shirt as well. We'd really appreciate it. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right, Nick.
1: You're awesome. The Nick and Matt show a disc golf podcast designed for you the disc golfer find the nick and matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or stream us live exclusively on the foundation podcast youtube channel